day. Man, I've just had a big time already. Amen. What a great day in the house of the Lord. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. We're going to begin reading and, and, and try to uh, kind of summarize and conclude everything that we've learned. The first couple uh, points will be basically review. Uh, review of what we've already covered in the last few weeks and then, and then just kind of conclude everything at the third point. Are you glad to be saved? Amen. 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 While you're finding your place and while the choir is finding their place, uh, I want to I ask for your help. I want to ask for your help. Uh, here, here's what I need you to do. In the last few weeks, in the last few weeks, there's been a lot of moving around in the church service. A lot of moving around, a lot of getting up and down, a lot of kids moving, uh, young people moving, and uh, especially from the balcony down to the floor and all this kind of stuff. And, and parents, I need you to help me with that. I need you to help me with that. My, 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 my parents, and I, I grew up in church, and you may not have no church background. I understand that. I, I get that. And you may not understand the, the significance and the, and the disruption that takes place. Uh, but, but my mama told me and my brother before, we, before church ever started, you better go to that bathroom and handle anything you need to take care of. Because when church starts, you ain't moving. Are y'all with me? And uh, so we, we, we learned, we learned to, 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 to handle that because when church started, it, church started, it's time, it's God's time. It's God's time. So we now. Now I do understand this. Now I'm not. I'm. I'm not a dictator about this. If you you had a bladder problem, please do not go in my chair. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. But if you have a problem where you have to get up, that's fine. Sit on the floor down here and not up there where everybody can see you distracting them. Okay, do that for me. Help me with that. If it's an emergency, and it's got, and, and by the way, I can't be real hard on these young people because the young people have saw the adults doing the same thing. So adults help, let's be a good example to the young people and, uh, and let's try to be as respectful to this time as we possibly can. Uh, one thing that'll help that, uh, and, 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 and I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want a parent for you, but uh, uh, my, my mom made me and my brother sit right in front of her. Yeah. It'll work. It did work. <laughs> because if me and my brother talked or misbehaved, she, she had a finger and she would wrap it around three times around her hand. And when she would whip it like that, it'd pop us on the back of the head and sound like a ripe watermelon. <laughs> And we knew better. We knew better. So parents, help us. Help us. Uh, sometimes we just come to church and cut them loose and we think we're not responsible for them until it's over with. They're still your monkeys and it's your zoo. All right, all right, keep a leash on them. Do whatever you got to do. But let's, let's respect God's hand. I'm trying to be funny because I don't like doing this. I don't like, do, I don't like having to do this because it, I just don't like doing this. But... I need to do this because someone may be under great conviction in considering the gospel and be distracted. So that's important. Now, how many of y'all can help me and say that's important? That's important. So, so help us with that. That'd be a great, great blessing. And also one more thing. Let me pastor just a little bit more. Uh, we are setting cones. We are setting cones up here on the road uh, in, in, in the grass because uh, I want to see some grass up there. And so we're going to try to grow grass, and so we're going to keep the cars off of it so we can grow some grass. Now, that's coming directly from the pastor's office. Yeah. 
So if your car is caught up there, it's not going to be good. <clears throat> y'all with me? Because I want to grow some grass. I, wouldn't y'all love to see some good grass up there? Amen. And uh, I know we have to use it sometimes with big events, and that's fine. But, but throughout the year, we want to try to get some grass growing up there. So make sure, let's, let's park in the parking lot. <clears throat> How about it? Say amen. amen. All right. Let's begin this message now that everybody's good and mad. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Man, I hate that. All right. Here we go. Acts chapter 2. In verse number 37, verse 37, you that are not mad, say amen. amen. All right, here we go. We, we have been talking about authentic salvation. And in the last few weeks, we've been really covering authentic salvation and the, and the examples of it, uh, the evidence of it, that type of thing. Now, now let's look, here's the day of Pentecost. Here's, here's when we see a great illustration of salvation, the Christian life, and what takes place after it says in verse 37, Peter has just preached a scathing sermon. I'm talking about a blistering, uh, red, hot, fiery sermon on sin. And it says, now when they heard this, when they heard this, heard the message that Peter delivered, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Say that word with me. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for, now that word for there is translated, on account of. You're not getting baptized to get it done. You're getting baptized because it's been done. Y'all with me? Okay, okay. Now, it says this, uh, uh, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received the word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's a, that's a great progression. They that gladly received his word, that's salvation. Then after salvation is baptism. Then after baptism, there's church membership. They were added to the fellowship. They were added to the congregation there. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. I love this verse. Praising God. Say that with me. Praising God. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Or other words, all those who were being saved. Now let's pray and ask the Lord to help us today. Lord... Thank you so much for the spirit. Thank you so much for the, the, the freedom and the liberty that's in this place. Thank you for, Lord, all those. It was so thrilling to my soul to see people being baptized of all ages. Lord, the, the, the elder and the younger. God, I pray that you will just, just pour your spirit upon them and bless them. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll put a hedge about them. I know Satan wants nothing more than to discourage and destroy them. 
But I pray that you'll walk with them and help them. Lord, I pray that you'll help us today. Give me the things I need to say. Lord, don't let me say something I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget something I should. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done in all things. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. By way, by way of, of, of introduction or review, uh, let's, let's just talk about the last few uh, messages that we have, we have heard in the last few weeks on authentic salvation and, and, and just compare them to this particular chapter in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 2. Now we know by historical reasoning and a historical study that this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day that the Holy Spirit came down and dwelt in the believers, that the promise that Jesus gave. He said, go, stay in Jerusalem till the promise comes. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the power. That's the, he says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's what happened here in Acts chapter number 2. So when this takes place, Peter preaches a message. Peter preaches a message, and in this message, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, here's, here's, I gave you an outline, but it's just review, so I'm going to have to go through it quick. If you missed the last few messages, then go back on the website and listen to them, and I go into detail more on them than what I'm going to give you here, but this is just, just for today, okay? Uh, review, if that makes sense, say amen. Okay, so number one, so number one, what, we're talking about salvation, right? What happens, what's the first thing that takes place in salvation? There is preaching. There is preaching that is heard. The Bible says that it pleases God by the foolishness of preaching. Preaching. It says in the book of Romans, it says in the book of Romans, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But he says, how are they going to call on someone whom they've not heard? And how are they going to hear unless someone preach? Amen? Someone's got it. Where, how are they going to hear without a preacher? Why? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how does a person get saved? They hear the word. Someone declares. Someone proclaims. And by the way, that preaching part, that, that's not necessarily saying a sermon. It means proclamation. It means to proclaim the word. You take the gospel, you take the scripture, and you give to someone. And so we find Peter stands, he stands, and he preaches the word. Now what's in that preaching? What's in that preaching is very significant. First he talks about, first he talks about sin. Write that down. If you're taking notes, write that down. He deals with sin. He basically, <laughs> he basically says, you think I'm blunt. He basically says, you murdered Jesus. That's what he says. He says, God ordained his son, sent his son who did nothing but good, and you took him with wicked hands and killed him. Now, what's the point? Preaching is not preaching unless it reveals sin. Let me say that. Now, I know there's different times and there's different subjects and there's different themes and, and sometimes you go through the Bible and you don't hit sin every single sermon or every single message. But if it does not reveal to you what's on the inside and what the problem is, it is not preaching. If someone always talks about grace and always talks about favor and always talks about blessing and always talks about prosperity and never says the word sin, he's not a preacher, he's a motivational speaker. 
Because preaching will reveal sin. Why do we need sin revealed? Because we need to understand we are all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Unless somebody stands and declares the truth of the gospel, we'll never understand. If I don't understand I'm a sinner, I'll never know I need a Savior. Amen? So what was the purpose of the Ten Commandments? So you would know you're a sinner. God wanted you to see your condition. And there's nothing that reveals our condition than to realize how much we fail in those Ten Commandments. Y'all with me? So we see it reveals sin. Not only did it reveal sin, it revealed the Savior. He talks about Jesus in it. Now, we need to talk about Jesus. He's the answer to everything. You say, but but we're a great sinner, but we have a great Savior. Are y'all with me? We have a great Savior. He is come, but God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God preaching always has the Savior. He always talks about the Savior. He's on the throne. Peter says he's on the throne. He's in charge. God's ordained him. He is. And through the the, the death, burial, and resurrection, hey, he is Lord. What a great sermon. But then in that sermon, we need to have sin. We need to understand we're a sinner. But we need to understand that God loves us enough to send us a Savior. And we need to understand that there is salvation a sermon, a, the preacher should always talk about salvation. Don't tell me what kind of big problem I have if you don't have an answer. Are y'all with me? And there is an answer to sin. It is called salvation. For whosoever shall come, for whosoever, it doesn't matter your bank account. It doesn't matter your heritage. It doesn't matter the level of sin you've been in your life. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Say amen. So when it comes to authentic salvation, there's preaching involved. There's preaching involved. The declaration of the gospel, the word, the scriptures. Faith cometh by and hearing by The word of God. So we hear the gospel. Someone is sent. Someone shares the gospel. People hear the gospel. Now watch what it says. Now watch what it says. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. Watch what it says. Verse 37. Verse 37. Now by the way, if you want to put this beside your notes, uh, put verse 14. Put verse 14 through verse 36. That encompasses the sermon. Verse 14 in chapter 2. Verse 14 through verse 36 If you want to read the whole sermon, it's there. You can read it. Now watch what it says. Watch what takes place after the sermon is preached. After he preached on sin. After he preached on our situation. After he preached on our Savior. After he told them about salvation. Look what it says. Verse 37. Now when they heard. That's important. Now when they heard. What did they hear? The gospel. They heard the message. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Don't you see number two, the process. The process that's heated. All right, first we see the preaching is heard. Then we see what takes place after the preaching. We're talking about salvation, right? 
We're talking about salvation. All right, when the preaching of the gospel is, is, is taking place, the first thing that usually takes place, and is usually taking place even during the preaching of the sermon, first there is conviction. Conviction. The Bible says they were pricked in their heart. Now, how many of y'all, how many of y'all been saved a long time? Long time, okay? But how many of y'all remember that was so real, you still remember how that felt? So preach, I couldn't even breathe. I was sitting in my chair and that preacher was preaching. And I, I, I don't even really fully remember everything that preacher was saying, but I sure remember how I felt. I remember there was times I'd be under such conviction, I couldn't wait for that preacher to shut up. And it was my father. Why? Because the more he preached, the worse I felt. The more he preached, the more I understood. And I knew that I was a sinner under condemnation. And boy, the more he preached, the more uncomfortable I felt. Conviction does not feel good. It does not feel good to be pricked in your heart. Hmm. No wonder, no wonder people are leaving gospel preaching churches and going to motivational speakers. Well, let's see. Is this not, is this, has this not been prophesied? Paul told Timothy, he said, son, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. I don't know about y'all, but I've been reproved and rebuked in my life, and I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? All right? He says, you preach. You deliver the truth. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men shall heap upon themselves teachers having. Now, what does that mean? They don't want to not feel good. I've heard, I've heard it even typed in a, on social media. I don't go to church to feel bad. I feel bad enough. Well, it might be. It might. I understand that. But you might need to feel bad to start feeling better. Your life may be going the way it's going because you need to turn around. You know how you know they'll say, preacher, you're rubbing the cat wrong. No, the cat needs to turn around. Right? But see, we don't want to feel bad. But here's the thing. If I've got issues in my life, if I got issues in my life, and the preacher don't be straight with me. And he just tells me everything's okay. That preacher don't care about me. That preacher don't care about me. If I go to church and he doesn't tell me straight. And he's worried about what I'm going to think. So he's going to tell me what I want to hear. He don't care about me. He cares about his wallet. Right. That's right. He's afraid people are going to leave. So he's just going to tell them what they want to hear. All that tells me. All that tells me. That is a direct evidence of being a hireling. Listen, conviction is real. You feel convicted. Now, by the way, by the way, you, you then hear the saved, <clears throat> you then hear the saved, uh, 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 that conviction's real even after you're saved. Because God will get your attention even after you're saved. But when the preaching of the gospel, when the preaching of truth is taking place, it will bring conviction. It says they were pricked in their heart. Now, watch this. This is amazing. 
If you go to, if you go to 2 Corinthians, uh, you'll find that, that Paul is describing repentance. He said, godly sorrow, that's conviction, right? Godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. So what's, what first comes? It's not repentance, it's godly sorrow. Someone's not going to repent unless they feel sorry for it. Y'all with me? So godly sorrow, conviction takes place. When does conviction take place? After the preaching of the word, because the preaching of the word, word reveals us that we're sinners and it tells us that we have a situation and we need Jesus. And, and so we have sorrow, godly sorrow over our sin and that causes us to repent. Now watch this. In the very next verse, in the very next verse, I, I, I put it on my I put it on my outline and I brought the wrong one. Oh, that's great. I'll just tell you what it says. Amen. It says this. After godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation, he begins to describe the evidence of it. He said, what vehement desire. What clearing of yourselves. What does that mean? When a person truly repents, they have a desire to get right. They have a desire to get right. You say, how do you know that? Look what the verse says. It says they were pricked in their heart. And when they were pricked in their heart, they said, men and brethren, what must we do? What happened? God created a desire through repentance. God created a desire in them to get it right. A person that is under conviction, when it's true repentance, they have a desire to be right with God. Isn't that great? So first there's conviction. Then there's confession. There's confession. It says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess the Lord Jesus, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, we come to God and we get right. I've told people this. Confession is more than saying I did it. Right? Right? So how do you know? Because God knows you did it. God knew you did it before you did it. Confession is not saying I did it. Confession is, is coming into agreement with. God, I feel about this sin like you feel about this sin. I'm coming to you. I'm confessing. I'm being real. I'm being real. I told, I told God a hundred times when I was under deep conviction, I'd be, I'd be in my bed. And God convicted me. You see, I've done made professions before. I've been baptized before. I grew up in church as a kid. Man, when I was real little, when I was real little, I remember in, in, in Okeechobee, before we even lived in Fort Pierce, the evangelist came and preached on hell and scared it out of me. And so I went to the front just like everybody else. I'd say, tell man, I'll say whatever you want me to say. I wasn't convicted over my sin. I didn't truly understand that. It was an emotional issue. And so when God began to truly show me I'm a sinner and my sin has offended a holy God, I'd lay in my bed, and this would be my terminology. This would be my terminology. Now, Lord, and I'd be sincere too. Lord, if I'm not saved, save me. If I'm not saved, save me. You know, I never could get peace. Say, but you was asking. No, but see, there's a problem. There was a problem. One word. One word was a problem. It was that word if. Well, what do you mean, preacher? See, 
I wasn't getting real with God. One day I realized it. And this is what my prayer was. God, I'm lost. God, I know I'm lost. God, would you save me? You know what that? That was real. That was honest. I wasn't laying in bed and giving God, you know, an option. This wasn't a multiple choice thing. I came to God and I got real. How many of y'all remember Jacob? Remember when Jacob came to his father? And he asked for a blessing. He was hiding it. He dressed up like his brother. And, and, and his father was blind, so his father really couldn't see him and, and, and said, you don't, sound like, you don't sound like Esau. He said, oh, yeah. I'm just. And he took fur and put it on his chest and put it on his arms because his brother was a hairy guy. And, and so he, he said, well, you feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. He said, bless me. He asked him what his name was, and you know what he said? He lied. He said Esau. Well, guess what? There came another time in his life, later on, when him and the angel of the Lord was wrestling. He was basically wrestling with God. And he was asking for a blessing. He was fixing to die because Esau was coming to kill him. Bless me, bless me. He said, what's your name? Now, see, here's here's the difference. The first time he tricked his daddy because his daddy was blind. But I promise you this, God ain't blind. He said, what's your name? And you know what he said? My name's Jacob. Now, the word Jacob means supplanter, means trickster. You know what he was basically doing? He's saying, I'm a trickster. He tricked people his whole life. He manipulated people his whole life. He was basically a bad guy most of his life. And you know what he had to do? You know what he had to do? He had to fess up. Y'all ever heard that terminology? Fess up. He had to get real with God. He couldn't trick him. And you know what? When he got got real with God, when he fessed up, when he just come out and said, this is what it is, you know what God said? Your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is Israel, which means a prince with God. Some of y'all just need to get real. Some of y'all in here in the balcony, you've been coming and you've been playing church and you've been doing the thing and you've been going through the motions and, and, and you need to just come to God like I did that day. And quit asking God if I am because you know you ain't. Amen. Y'all with me? Amen. Boy, God saved me when I got real. When I come to God and I confess I'm a sinner, I'm in need of salvation. So first there's conviction. Then there's confession. Then thirdly, write this down. There is conversion. Conversion. Is that the one with the answer? (laughs) Well, what a staff we have. Amen. (laughs) Look what it says. This is in 2 Corinthians 7.10. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. By the way, the sorrow of the world is basically regret. All right? It says, for behold the selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort. Now watch what it, what it did. When you repented, this is what happened. What carefulness it wrought in you. Yea, what clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. It's amazing when you get saved, now you get mad at sin. What indignation. Yea, what, what fear. What vehement desire. What zeal. What is he saying? You want to be right. 
True repentance will bring a desire to be right with God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. So we have, we have conviction. We have conviction. Then we have confession. And then we have conversion. There's a change. Look what, let me, let me give you a couple verses that, that deal with the conversion part, that change. Paul is speaking to, uh, in, in Acts chapter number 20, and this was his message. This is what he said. He was testifying of what he had been doing. He said, this is what I, the, my, my life has been consisting of since I've been saved. He said in Acts chapter 20, verse 21, it says, uh, it, 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 let, let me go back. I just lost my place. Help me. Verse tw- okay, verse, verse 21. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Watch what it says. What's that word? Repentance toward and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, look at the next verse. verse, verse chapter 26, verse 20. All right, I'm going to read that one and then go back, to, go back to that other verse. It says, But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should and turn to God. And then do what? Do works meet for In other words, the word meet there means evidence of. In other words, if you truly repented, it will show. There will be works, there will be evidence that takes place. Now go back, go back to that other verse. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? That's like a two-headed coin. It's on the same coin. When I got saved... I turned from my sin to God. I turned from my previous lifestyle to God. I turned from what I used to be to what God wanted me to be. And at that moment, I placed my faith in what Jesus did on the cross to get me to glory. See, it's repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean you're perfect? Absolutely not. You're not perfect, but you're different. You're changed. You change. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of arguing going on in, 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 in Christian circles. Y'all probably never heard of it, and that's good. I'm, I'm glad. But there's a lot of bickering about uh, lordship, salvation, or easy believism, or one, you know, one group makes it hard, one group makes it too easy, blah, 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 blah. This whole thing, it, it, we can sum it up like this. There's arguments over whether, okay, does a person have to quit sinning to get saved? Or, or does a person get saved to quit sinning? And there's, a, there's, a, there's an argument that goes on with this. And here's what I want you to understand. This is what you need to get. Just, just trust this. If you get saved, there will be evidence. Period. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature Old things are, behold, all things are become new. There will be a change. Now, the degree of that change, it differs with different people. I've seen people get saved, and I'm talking about, it's like, it's like they quit everything, including Coca-Cola. Caffeine, it's just, you know, I mean, it, and, and then I've seen people get saved and they have issues in their life that they struggle with and God gives them victory little by little over the, some of the issues in their life, but they're trying. Things are become new. There's people that quit everything in one day and there's people that God has to help them with. 
along and along as God convicts them and God draws it. Does this make sense? But the point is, but the point is, you don't judge somebody or someone's salvation. And, and, and this, is, this is great for you that are saved and you struggle with this because you think, well, I, I'm not like that person or I didn't quit everything like that other person. Well, everybody's different. And every, listen, everybody's place in salvation, or excuse me, everybody's degree or, or their maturity, their maturity, you don't, you, don't, you don't go pick an orange off of an orange tree that's only been there a year. Fruit's going to be different from different people. I don't, expect, I don't expect someone that's been saved six months to have the same kind of faith and the same kind of fruit as somebody that's been saved 20 years. Does that make sense? But there will be a change. There is no possible way someone as big as God can move in your life and it not show on the outside. Little, little Susie came home from Sunday school. Little Susie came home from Sunday school. Mama, 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 you ain't going to believe it. You ain't going to believe it. You ain't going to believe what I learned today. Well, Susie, what did you learn today? Mama, mama, I, I, I learned today that, that, that God is so big that he's got the whole world in his hands. Well, Susie, that's right. He showed us. What the Bible says, has the whole world in his hands. He carved out the mountains with his hands. He dug out the rivers with his fingers. He's got the whole world in his Mama, mama, there's a problem. <clears throat> well, Susie, what's the problem? Well, he also said, our Sunday school teacher also said that God lives in us. Yeah. Well, Susie, that's right. He does. Well, mama, if God is so big, that he has a whole world in his hands. And if he lives in us, he ought to be busting out everywhere. He ought to be busting out everywhere. You know, this old lost world shouldn't have to ask you if you're a Christian. They ought to see God all over you. Amen. Anyway, let's go to number three. <laughs> conversion. So there's a, there's a preaching that's heard. There's a process that's heated, a process of conviction, a process of confession, a process of conversion. And, and by the way, let me make sure you understand this so there's no, there's no misunderstanding in what I'm saying. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you got to, you got to, there, there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, it takes, it takes days and weeks to get saved. That's not what I'm saying. You don't have to do a bunch of stuff to get saved. What I'm saying, the process of salvation, you get convicted first. Amen. The Holy Spirit comes and convicts you through the power of the word, and you, you're under conviction. Right. Con by the way, though, but conviction don't save. That's right. Just because you realize your condition, that doesn't mean, you know, just because you get a fever, that don't mean you're fixed. you got to go to the doctor. Amen. But it's part of the process. It's the conviction that draws you to Jesus and say, God, save me. That's what I'm saying. Salvation is something that takes place. It's a one-time experience. Are y'all with me? It's when God comes to you. Now, here's the thing. Number three, what takes place? What is the evidence? We, we always thought there will be a change. Well, let's look what they did. Let's look what they did. Verse number 41, and we're, and we're wrap it up right here. This is really what I want to get to. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. <clears throat> 
Then they that gladly received his word, I believe we can apply that as salvation. They were baptized. So we have salvation, baptism. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now the them was the, the crowd, the 100 and, 120 in, in Acts chapter number 1, the original congregation there. So what happened? God added them to the role. God added them to the assembly. God added them to the congregation. So we have, here's the steps. This is what God wants you to do in your life. God is not willing. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means salvation. So what is, everybody's wondering, what's God's will for my life? Well, the first thing is for you to be saved. Before you need to know what job you're going to get, before you need to know what spouse you're going to get, before you need to know what ministry you're going to get, God's will for you is first be saved. Salvation, right? So the first step, salvation. Immediately following salvation, what does the Bible command us to do? To be baptized. That means to identify with other believers. You're identifying with Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's what baptism is. When a person walks down in that water, it's a type and a picture of the death of Christ. When they go under the water, we're having, we're having a funeral. We are burying the old person. Aren't you glad when you got saved that God killed your old person? That God took your old person and put him on the cross and crucified him with Christ? So that old person is not alive anymore? That old person is not, hey, I'm glad I'm not the same as I used to be. When I got baptized, we buried, we buried that old Malcolm. I'm glad that old Malcolm's here. If he showed up again, I'd take a baseball bat and beat him to death. But you know what? I don't have to because Jesus already did. Yeah, man, this is good. We, we bury them in baptism. But then when they come back up, that is a picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The resurrection of your new man. Your old man went down, but what come out is that new man. That Oh, say amen. So after salvation is baptism. And then what they do? They, they came together. They were added to the assembly. Say that with me. They were... Now watch this. You know what that means? All these jive turkeys on social media that tell you you can be a good Christian without going to church or without being connected to a church don't know what they're talking about. Bonjour. Some of y'all I see watch TV. You say, what does that mean? Just because it's on the internet don't mean it's true. Well, I tell you what, I think you can be a good Christian and not go to church or not be connected to a church. And Okay, wrong. You know why? Watch. Watch. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Right? Let me, let me read it. Look at look it. Every time I quote it, you look at me. So I want you to look at your Bible, all right? Watch what it says. Verse 42. You there? This is what they did right after they were saved, right after they were baptized, right after they were added to the assembly. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in and in prayers. That was together. See, if you're all by yourself, you can't do any of them. Let me give you four things real quick. I'm running out of time. Number three, I want you to see the pattern 
the pattern that they held. The preaching they heard, the process they heeded, and then the pattern they held. What do we see? What pattern did we see new believers have? First, it was a pattern of discipleship. They continued, that means they studied, they read, they came together, they learned, they sat under teaching. They sat under teaching. Let me, let me say this, just, I'm going to just put a plug in. Y'all mind if I put a, a, a plug in for Wednesday night? Can I do that? I'm going to do it anyway, but I'm just asking you, you, you good with that? This coming Wednesday night is going to be ridiculous. Now, they're all exciting to me, but this one coming Wednesday night, we're going to go, we're going to, we're, we're in John chapter number eight, where, where he said, Abraham saw my day. Jesus is speaking. Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. They said, what? How you, how, Abraham died 2,500 years ago. You know what Jesus said? And, and you're, you're just a young person. You know what Jesus said? Before Abraham was, I am. And, and, and this coming Wednesday night, this is what we're going to study. We're going to study the gospel that was preached to Abraham. Amen. What gospel? The gospel of Jesus. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's there. It's there. I want to do it right now. Yeah. I mean, it's so exciting. I want to tell you right now. But can't. But you know what we're doing on Wednesday night? We're discipling. We're continuing in doctrine, in teaching. We're going through verse by verse through the book of John and, and discipling, growing, developing. Why? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we're giving you the word and we're hearing the word and we're teaching the word and we're living the word. And your faith is growing unless you neglect it. So what's the point? Every baby Christian needs to get all they can get. They need to get all they can and can all they get. Y'all with me? That's what they did. Well, I tell you what, I can't go to church twice in one week. They went every day. Anyway, I'm just going to throw that in there. <clears throat> but they continued. They were steadfast. They were committed. They were faithful. Are y'all with me? To what? Discipleship. They wanted to grow. They wanted to develop. But not only uh, 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 discipleship, they continued in fellowship. Fellowship. Guess what? You can't fellowship alone. I can be a good Christian by myself. No, uh I love my dogs. And I love spending time with them. But that ain't fellowship. Well, I just don't need that. Well, you, you're the only one that's never needed it. Hey, Jesus needed it. Guess what he did? In the darkest time of his life, he took his 12. And then he took the inner circle. Peter, James, and John said, stay with me. Stay with me. Watch with me. I need your presence. And let me tell you something. If Jesus needed fellowship, you do too. What am, I, what am I pointing at? I'm pointing at life groups. They fellowship. They came together. 
They spent time together. They lived life together. This is the evidence of salvation. They had a desire to spend with other Christians. Are y'all with me? So first we have first we have discipleship. Then we have come on everybody fellowship. Then we see stewardship. Look what it says. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of prayers. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common. Look what they did. They sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. What did they do? They were generous. They were good stewards of their blessings and their provisions. And by the way, don't, 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 if you're, if you're a socialist in here, a communist in here, uh, listen, they did it because they wanted to, not because the government held a gun to their head. This is not promoting socialism. Listen, I believe in generosity. I believe in helping the poor. Y'all with me? But I do not believe in wealth distribution. That's a whole other sermon. But anyway, listen, what happened when a person truly gets saved, it affects not only their heart, it affects their wallet. Why? Because they become more like Jesus, and Jesus was a giver. Jesus was a giver. For God so loved the world that he, he gave. He gave his only begotten son. God wants us to be like him. And listen, there was something about true Christianity. It makes you a giver. It makes you generous. It makes you want to love people. And when you love people, it makes you want to help people. Are y'all with me? If you have zero generosity in your spirit, you might need to check up. If you have zero love for somebody, you might need to check up. Y'all with me? All right, all right. I knew that would just be a great point that we'd all love and enjoy and shout about. First, there was, now let's go over these real quick. I got one more. I got one more. First, they continue steadfastly in what I say, A? Come on, everybody. A? Discipleship. Not only discipleship, but fellowship. But then, and then look at the last one. This is a good one. Then look what it says. It says in verse number 46, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with glad. And by the way, that's a good picture of life groups. House to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. What's that next verse? Verse 47, give me two words. Come on, everybody. Say it again. Say it again. Listen, they had discipleship, fellowship, stewardship, and worship. Worship. What is a good evidence of salvation? You want to worship. You want to worship. You want to to be in God's presence. You want to be with God's people. You begin to see things differently. You You begin to see things through the lens of God and not the lens of self. Praising God. Why should I praise God? Well, if you're saved, you ain't going to hell. Everything else is icing on the cake after that. Why should I praise God? Well, first, I'm not going to hell. Secondly, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to a place where the street is gold, the walls are jasper, the gates are pearl. 
I'm going to a place where there's 12 foundations, there's 12 gates to that city. I'm going to a place where there's no need of the sun because the glory of God shines all throughout it. It is transparent from top to bottom. I'm going to a place where there'll be no sorrow, no more death over there. I'm going to a place where God said he shall wipe away every tear from our eyes. Oh, I'm going to praise him. Hey, I'm going to praise him because I was a sinner undone without God or his son. And he came to where I was when I couldn't get to where he was. And he washed my sin away. I'm just going to praise him. I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined unto me. And he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my foot on a rock, established my going and put a new song in my mouth. Hey, you may have sung, there's a tear in my beard because I'm crying over you, dear. But now I'm singing, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been redeemed. Yeah, that's good, ain't it, Rev? Now, if you don't like none of this, You might need to check up. Well, I tell you what, I don't like all this hollering and all this emotionalism. I don't like this. This is just, this is, this. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to be real out of place in glory. Because everything, everything I've read in the book of Revelation, when we get there, they do everything with a loud voice. Some of y'all are going to be on probation when you get there. You're going to have to go to worship school. Because you're supposed to be learning now, so you'll be ready when you get there. But you're going to be behind schedule. (laughs) I know I'm overtime. Listen, listen. They praise God. I'm telling you, I love being able to go to a place that's not afraid to worship. It's not afraid to get happy. It's not afraid to smile. I don't like none of that. Well, two things may be a problem. One is you're saved or you're in the wrong place. Now, I can help you with one, but I can't help you with the other. I can help you get saved. I can show you how to get saved. But honestly, this may not be the place for you. There, 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 listen, there is, there is tons of churches all around here that's dead and dried up. They have the chosen frozen. And you, you, I ain't telling you what to do. But as long as I'm here, we're going to get excited. We're going to worship. Listen, we're not going to manufacture nothing. We're not going to make something out of nothing. We're not going to try to pump people up, prime people up. But when we do tell the truth and when Jalen and them sing the truth, why? Because I deserve hell. And he forgave me. How can we not praise him? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for those.